And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. Still going this offseason, still presented to you by Strava Craft Coffee. You got to remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you'll save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, a deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm still drinking mine hot. I drink mine hot through. The summer, I am a hot coffee drinker. That is the way that I go. People often ask me if I would prefer, you know, can I get that iced for you? And my answer is always no. It drives my girlfriend crazy. She doesn't understand what it is I'm doing, drinking hot coffee in the summer with my Strava in there, CBD infused. It's how I roll. I Are you an iced coffee guy, Patrick? Hot coffee in the summer? Yes, please. Also, I'm also a hot man myself. However, I did have an iced coffee on Saturday, kind of just a weird special occasion. Uh, I happened to be with some some family. We were socially distanced. They wanted some iced. I said, okay, I'll, I'll go with, uh, with a nitro. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, I'm down with the hot stuff, and especially if it's Strava, um, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. Cold coffee is – now, the cold brew down at the DNVR bar, one exception. That stuff's very good. But cold coffee in general, it's weird to me. It's very, It's very – yeah, I'm not, not about it. Hey, well, you know us. We're Drew Creaseman and Patrick Lyons. We're your hosts for, as I said, continuing through this offseason of talking Rockies baseball, other baseball, uh, baseball adjacent things, maybe occasionally just sharing with you some stuff that we're enjoying in our lives. But we do want to discuss some things today that we got incredibly wrong. Maybe one or two things that we got a little bit right. Uh, talk about some of our hits and misses in terms of our predictions and uh, even our bets earlier in the season and as always especially if you're here for the lives and you you come by on uh, the youtube and you subscribe to that and click that bell icon and you know when we're going live you can ask us questions and help direct how the conversation is going to go throughout these days but patrick of course the big (laughs) really frustrating is that you and i were kind of talking about this last night the big over under of course, was the Rockies' win total on DraftKings before the season, which somehow I don't I don't get this how they managed to get they said they set it at twenty six and a half, and it came down to whether or not they won the last game of the season, which they did not, and so they fell into the under. So believe it or not, it wasn't just the people of Denver that were hardcore Rockies fans watching that game it was the entirety of las vegas nevada looking to see what would happen and they probably felt pretty good when it was 11 nothing early on there wasn't wasn't quite you know having anything to do with the umpires making any calls one way or the other might not be able to say that it was the case in the nba western conference finals 
that's a horse of a different color. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy how all of those ups and downs that the Rockies had this season, where it was they were the world beaters for the first two weeks, the world beat upon them for the next two, and you know, okay, they were league average. They're the sixth seed. They're the eighth seed. They're out of it. They're taking two out of three in LA against the Dodgers. And lo and behold, as you said, comes down to the final day of the season. And it was an under. It, it blows my mind because you could not possibly know, <laughs> have known all of the things that were going to happen with this team from Nolan Arenado and his shoulder and his lack of offensive production down to even positive things like Daniel Bard being awesome, that nobody bet money on that. I'm sure Daniel Bard's mother thought he was going to have a very nice season. The rest of us had no clue. Bud Black wasn't sure. They didn't know what they were getting in Daniel Bard. So, yeah, so many things that, you know, not having Scott Oberg around, but getting production out of Yancy Almonte, getting nothing out of Ryan McMahon. But Ryan Altapia hits 321. And all these things end up balancing to right about where Vegas thought they would be, though you've got to believe. That with a healthy Arenado, they at least get two or three games over that thing. It's it's pretty frustrating to see it come down, and and so many people say, "See, that's who they truly are." When when you just go, man, I, I feel like that would have even that number would have been lower if they'd have told us before the season, Nolan's just not going to be there, or he's going to be hurt all year, or whatever. At some point in the season, Las Vegas must have felt really good to know, okay, Nolan's banged up. Oh, he's he's not going to be producing. And then they kind of get their streams crossed and say, wait a minute, wait, they, they cloned Arenado. Wait, how is this? And he's allowed to play first base at the same time. He's got 15 RBIs since August 25th. No, no, it's his cousin, Josh Fuentes. Well, you can't do that. Yeah. Easy, Las Vegas. Easy. No, no, they're playing within the rules there. Especially because only one of them was producing at a time. They can figure out how to get him going. Now, now we'll have to figure out if, whether or not there's a Space Jam situation going on there. <laughs> Um, there's a, there's a few others that I do want to get into, but since Henry's here with a couple of great questions, uh, let's dive into this one really quick. Uh, actually these are intense, man. So top three priorities, the Rockies could deal with, uh, with the off season pretty much underway and who to cheer for in the postseason. I'll start with the second one first, just because I like the Blue Jays, just because I'm a child of 90s baseball and all their kids are playing on that team. And uh, I don't like uh, we, we talked about this on the Denver Sports Podcast a week or two ago about bandwagoning onto a new fan base of some great organization that's super awesome. Like, cool. Great. I mean, as tempting as it would be to, you know, root for the Yankees because of DJ and Otto, I guess, um, and Mike Talkman, if you're into that. Um, though he hasn't really been uh, <laughs> contributing, um, you know, but but if you want more of a, a fun team, a, a kind of spoiler underdog story to root for, that's got a bunch of fun players and uh, nobody that you've got to worry, you know, oh, uh, if I if I get too attached to this team, uh, am I going to feel bad about playing against them next year? The Rockies hardly ever play the Blue Jays, so you don't have to worry about any of that. Like, I think that's a good team to to pick. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. You, you said it on, on Sunday's podcast, and it, it's hard to argue with that. Um, my, my inclination, there's only one team in the National League that's, I guess, exciting enough to maybe root for. But in Colorado, I think, uh, legally speaking, we'd have to maybe contact 
Governor Polis if he would be allowed to root for the Padres. Um, right. I'm thinking you probably can't. So since you can't root for right. for them, you know, the AL is kind of loaded with those interesting teams. Toronto, obviously, the most interesting of all of them. Um, you know, the Yankees, there are those guys, you know, LeMahieu, Adovino, Rex Brothers. Um, Chris Iannetta hung up his boots with the Yankees. So uh, depending on how deep you want to go, uh, there are some guys there. The A's, you saw them a bunch. Arenado's, you know, buddy and, and Matt Chapman. Uh, They're fun. I think he's, he's done for, but he'll, he'll get the ring even if he doesn't return. The sure. White Sox are incredibly fun. They've got all those Cuban players. Again, there's a connection with Nolan. I'm I'm a I'm a big uh, proponent of the of the Twins. Uh, I I find them to be uh, one sure. of the better and, and more exciting teams. So and I think that's your safe pick is is you go to the American League so that you know if if someone does so, too well here uh, in in the playoffs and then NL then you're kind of stuck because you can't root for them any further, right? You can't you can't buy any of their you know World Series merchandise or whatever right. because they're going to come to town next year. Uh, you might not be there, but they're going to play the Rockies next year. So it, it's safe to look over there in the American League. And if you want to wait around, if you want to wait past this first wild card series round um, to say, okay, now there's only four left, we, we won't hold that against you just to make sure if there's, you know what, uh, I like the A's and I like the White Sox. Well, one of them is going to lose, so maybe I – I, I'm a, I, I reserve my, my decision to, to choose one of them uh, until, you know, this weekend when those series wrap up. Yeah, it's, it's going to get brutal out there for a minute. You pick just one team and, and your playoff experience might end very quickly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've always liked the Twins as well. Uh, and this would be a great – well, I don't know that it would be. Uh, I kind of wrote in our, in our FCA the other day, in our Falls Count Anywhere, right, that um, – I think really the, the two best outcomes are that the Dodgers finally win it. So they can just, you can just say they have it, but you also get to squint at them. You also get to put that little in your mind. You get to say, yeah, 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 you, you got, but you got one. And the, you almost hope that like cosmically or karmically that resets their clock for another 30 years before they can win a world series or the other way is total chaos. Just absolute nonsense. Bananas. You know, the Miami Marlins over the Toronto Blue Jays in the World Series or something like that. Just uh. <laughs> I, I did the math today and I didn't get a chance to tweet it out. But if the Brewers go to uh, I'm not going to say game seven, because this opening uh, wild card round is only three games like that's what's insane is the Brewers just have to win two out of three against the Dodgers. And just like that, the team with the best record in baseball this year is gone like that's fun talking about it right now but that shouldn't happen no. and i really hope it doesn't and uh you know I, I know that sounds crazy to say you hope the dodgers win but go ahead and, and lose in the the division series where at least it's a best out of five but if the brewers take it to game three game five game seven and game seven and they win it all they will finish with only two more wins than losses over the course of the entire season. So the team yeah. that wins the World Series were ba basically 500. Like, yeah. That's in that's mind-blowing to think of yeah. it in in that perspective. And yet they have just as much chance as a team that won I think 26 more games than they lost in in the Dodgers. See, the only reason I would want that to happen is for the what I assume would be rightful response to it, which is where everyone would go, "Well, that was silly." 
and we can't do that again. And all of this talk of like, let's maybe expand the playoffs permanently and let's just do this all the time. We'll just go away because we will all look at the World Series champion and go, we all agreed that was dumb. They agree it was dumb. The Brewers don't think that they deserve to be the World Series champions or or if the Marlins, who nearly wrecked the season in the beginning, I've had to play 56 different guys throughout the year. If they were to just get hot and find their way into the World Series championship, I think we could all collectively go, okay, that's not how baseball should operate. That And that's kind of why, because this is our one-off, right? You, you, you have to, you and I have talked about this a lot lately, and this is actually a big conversation going on with how you analyze teams, players, everything this year is how do you, use the small sample size data and how do you avoid the the bias of well it didn't work out so we've got to do something else or it did work out so that's exactly what we should do and it goes the same for some of these rules you know oh if the uh, my one concern about a postseason that plays out you know pure chalk or whatever and we get dodgers versus yankees in the world series is the people go see you guys were worried about nothing the best teams will win in the end it doesn't matter if it's a three-game set and they have to play the the Marlins first. They they can knock out those teams easily. And it's like a one year sample is just not enough to to know one way or the other. But I but people are going to take it that way one way or the other. So I want it to go the other way. <laughs> yeah, Bre- Brewers Blue Jays is uh, not really going to get go. you know great ratings there. Oh, you mean Brandon Woodward is starting against Ross Stripling in Game One of the World Series? I need to tune into that one. Big Corbin um, Burns guy. You know, maybe maybe even better than the Dodgers winning it all. Because you're like, okay, they get it out of the way. And then, I mean, it's not like they're going to give up. It's not like they're going to win and go, you know what, let's try to save some Pretty money good. now a little bit. I mean, there's they're still going to be pushing, but okay, fine. That kind of ends that passion, maybe just a little bit. So that does make sense. But maybe it would sting even more if the Padres won the World Series. So not only do they win a World do they win the World Series in a year of the pandemic, but they don't get to have the parade. Right. And every time someone brings up Game 163 and talks anything about Matt Holiday touching or not touching home plate, you just go, 60 games, man. 60 you, games. You won a World Series in less than half a season. Get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. En- enjoy, those, enjoy those brown World Series rings, okay? Oh, 60 games. 60 games, it. Padres fans. That love might it. be even sweeter. Well, Patrick, if I had a Breck brew, now would be a good time to crack open it because we've still got the other half of Henry's question to answer that thing. I could head on down to the DNVR bar. I could go over to the farmhouse. Either way, I'm getting myself a nice and tasty Breck brew. Uh, you can get food with it and uh, five bucks off if you use that code DNVR down at the farmhouse. Really great place to hang out, whether you're getting the carry out or you're, you're sitting at their very beautiful outdoor, socially distanced dining that they've got going on now. Also, just get a 15 can sampler at your King Supers or wherever around. Bring it home. Try them out. Breck Brew. Throw them back and answer for yourself. Henry's first part of this question before we get back into the bets that we did and did not get correctly. What could be? That's an interesting way. He did not say what should be, so I'm going to get overly pedantic and, and philosophical on you here. You said, what could be the Rockies' top three priorities with the uh, offseason pretty much underway here, Patrick? I'll let I'll let you give me one. Why don't you give me one, two, and I'll give one or two, and then we'll see if we've, we've got them in here. Narrow I down. Think, 
I think the biggest priority you you have to address, and again, this is one of those things that will not come across in a news release, like signing a free agent or making a trade. Very clearly you go, oh, this is what's happening, or this is what has happened. What the Rockies need to do this offseason is find out, Nolan, what's going on? Find out his headspace. Figure out what's going on with him because he represents so much to the franchise, both on the field talent, both the payroll with how much they're going to pay, and the future of the organization as far as you know whether or not you're willing to deal with um, you know a relationship that can be tumultuous at times just to ensure that the next Hall of Famer that that gets in and well, maybe it's the next next because it could should could and should be Todd Helton, but that the next one is oh. a Rocky for his entire career. You basically you just have to figure out what's going on with that, and that's that's first and foremost to all of it because every question that comes after that is if you're keeping him, how much do you have to make him happy? What what does he need or what does he want to be made happy? And and do you feel and and by you it's Dick Monfort? Do you feel that? you know, you can keep this guy around and still be able to have this working and professional relationship with the general manager. And, and for all intents and purposes, they did work out okay this year, but they are very much in the same predicament that they were last off season. Now, maybe doesn't quite come to blows like it may or may not have last year. Um, maybe we won't hear quite as much uh, through the media uh, about comments uh, about each guy, you know, uh, sharing their side of, of the argument and whatnot. But nevertheless, it hasn't been healed. Nothing has been repaired. You know, had they gone on a deep playoff run, you know, Nolan would have been able to kind of put a lot of this behind him and say, man, we're, we're bringing all of these guys back next year. Yeah. Maybe it's only one more year of our window with story and gray as a free agent, but you know what? It's, things are good. You know, so there is so much that you have to shore up Nolan figure out where his head's at. And even after you do that, you got to figure out, you know, do you want to still do business with this guy and everything that he brings? And that's not to make him a villain in any way, but that's just saying, look, if you want to keep dealing with this conversation or dealing with, um, you know, this issue of, is he going to leave or is he frustrated? Is he, is he, you know, bringing, you know, some, some bad chemistry into the clubhouse. We all know he brings great chemistry into the clubhouse as far as getting guys to work incredibly hard, do their best. Troy Chulowitzki uh, was that kind of guy, and it worked for a very long period of time. It worked when he went to Toronto. So Nolan Arenado is, you know, he's still a first ballot Hall of Famer, but do you want the first ballot Hall of Famer for the next seven years, or are you trying to win a World Series? And you might not be able to do both those things at the same time. Right. And you, you've got to answer all those questions. You've got to figure that out with him. I think there's absolutely a way they can do both of those things at the same time. But the only way they can do both of those things at the same time is if they're on the same page. And if that means that Nolan Arenado is never going to be on the same page with Jeff Breidich and that there's no way to mend that, then Patrick's absolutely correct. And those two things are incompatible goals, keeping Nolan Arnott a long-term and winning a World Series. If you can mend that, whether that means the two of them or the three of them, if you want to include Dick Monfort, get together 
have a powwow, release a statement, whether we believe it or not. And then there's nothing else beyond that other than them making moves, presumably, that make him happy. And honestly, even a step back and say, like, from a making moves standpoint, I would more often than not. In fact, I, I vociferously argued against this position to Manny Rondawa last offseason. I don't think you should run your franchise based on what one star player thinks you should do. On the other hand, at this particular moment in time, if taking one or two of his suggestions, whatever Nolan Arenado's suggestions are for free agents aren't going to work out worse than the last crop of guys. <laughs> They're just not. So unless, you know, you don't let him spend the entire free agent budget or make all the decisions, but saying, yeah, you know what? If letting you weigh in on one or two of these moves and us going through with something you said, I like this reliever, then sign him. And if that guy doesn't work out, no one gets to fault you for that. Uh, you know, it's that's just the way that it goes. But it, so, so those are the kinds of things I, I agree. Priority one has got to be coming to terms with Nolan Arenado, whatever that that means, moving on from him or finding a way to make him happy. If you try to strike that middle ground of, I oh, will just keep him around and he'll play good and we'll figure out everything else without having to worry too much about him you're going to have the same problems or a lot of the same problems next year that you did this year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a difficult predicament that they're in, you know, and it's, it's like careful what you wish for. Cause they've got this superstar guy, but you know, you, you can't, you can't win with one superstar. Look at the Los Angeles angels. I mean, they've surrounded Mike Trout with, players of of the same similar caliber of of a Trevor story. I mean, okay, they went out and they spent big money on Anthony Rendon. Boom, that that makes sense. Uh at the beginning of uh of of Trout's run, they went and, and signed Albert Pujols, you know, so they check that box off for Charlie Blackman if you want in a roundabout way. So, they've spent their money. The the Angels have spent their money to try to support Mike Trout and it just hasn't worked out for them and that's probably why on Sunday on the final day of the regular season they got rid of their general manager, Billy Upler. Yeah. Yeah. But they also, you know, spent way more money to do it. Like, I get what you're getting at there, but it's not the same situation. Like, those are those, those are very different situations. And, uh, Will, I, I, I don't know. I, I had heard all of the reports that Nolan Arenado was a big fan of Daniel Murphy and that he, he was a big fan of that signing when it happened. I don't know that he was a guy they particularly wanted him to go out and get, but uh, I also know that that Nolan's had some interesting notions of of how to build teams in the past as well, uh, including wanting like veteran starting pitching when the team traded Tulo, which was just like one not how that works and two not available. So um, you got to be careful letting him make moves for the team. But you do have to make him happy. There's no way around it. You just have to make him happy. Or you have to trade him. <laughs> that's, that, that's, those are the two options that are that are good for the franchise. Um, and it feels like that's number one. And I, I think you said as much. Like that's number no. one. And then numbers two and three are just as valuable as one. Like that's that's 50% of this offseason, I think, in a lot of ways, is that number one. And then you've got number numbers two and three as, as far as what else they should make their priority. 
Yeah, and I think number two, and we've talked about this a lot, has got to be a philosophical shift that again is going to be difficult to measure. So our our ones and our one and two here are a little bit ambiguous and difficult to measure. How will we know if they've come to terms with Nolan Arenado? We we likely won't know for sure unless they do come out and release some sort of statement. How will we know? if they've really made the uh, a strong enough philosophical push into the future in terms of investing more money in analytics, bringing in more coaches, um, committing to new ways of approaching the game. I wrote about some of them recently. I've, I've talked about them before, uh, the way they play their outfield, um, the, the way they, they take a certain approach on the road. There's all kinds of things that, you know, so again, this can be a bit, amorphous and ambiguous, but they essentially need to dramatically ratchet up their analytics and get more into the new age of baseball thinking. What's crazy about Henry's original question is, you know, what could be the top three priorities um, or the top three things that they do? What could be? And if you, you know, you know your history or you've been listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast for the past two years, you know that in the past two off seasons, their priorities were one thing and that was signing Daniel Murphy. So we could talk all day about what you or I, you know, Drew and, and myself, we would do or, uh, you know, maybe what they should do and what other teams have done to improve, but they could do nothing, which is crazy. Well, but sure, but not I, shocking. Actually, that's not true. That's actually not true. They can't do nothing. They literally can't do nothing. There are too many open spots on the roster. They're going to have to sign guys. They're not going to run out there with a roster that's entirely of basically dudes who are currently in their minor leagues right now. Like, we're not going to see Antonio Santos and Chichi Gonzalez and these guys filling out the roster next year. With $55 million of free space and roster spots that need to be filled, it would be almost impossible for them to do absolutely nothing in the offseason. Well, that that's that's how much they would have available in in the normal world. We're not in the normal world, so that number could potentially be smaller. Also, you know, we've we've talked about this before, this idea that, you know, I I think, you know, Dick Monfort's a, is a money man and and he's running his team like a business, which a lot of owners do across all sports, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I think in a lot of ways, that's what's made being a Rockies fan so great because they don't tank. And that's, I'm a proponent of that. And you know what? You don't have to worry about losing a hundred games in a season. If you're a Rockies fan with Dick Monfort at the helm, he's not going to allow that to happen because that's not how he wants to run his business. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. That being said, if, you know, he, he laid out this plan of here's how much money we're going to spend between 2018 and 2020. How would you like to do this, Jeff? I think for one, Jeff said, well, Jimmy, give me all that money right now. And let's load up that bullpen with three fantastic arms, which at least two of them were at the time. Um, and, and, you know, what? we'll just go out and we'll shove and we'll be dominant. And then when people are coming out and we're selling out every game at Coors Field, like it's the mid-90s, then that's how we're going to be able to have even more money in the coffers to go out and get some free agents at the trade deadline. So I can have my cake and eat it too. I just need all that money up front to do that because this team is a contender. But if this team is no longer truly a contender, either by Dick Monfort's Stanford's 
uh, standards or by Jeff Breidich's standards. And I don't think Jeff Breidich is ready to tap out on this, you know, group of guys just yet. They might hedge their bet and they might not spend all of that money. They might spend some of it, but they might not spend all of it. And they might spend well, some of it. They're not going to spend zero dollars of it. They're not going to spend zero of it. They might, they might spend. What if they sign five guys for $15 million? That's not really spending a lot of money. I think they're going to get away with quote unquote spending money by re-signing Trevor Story, possibly, or John Gray. And so you don't, you that, know, Trevor story doesn't affect. I mean, oh, you, I know that. I mean, you I know, know that. No, I know, but that. No, 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 no. I'm when I'm okay. The fifty-five million I'm talking about is just for next season, and then a lot more actually. Now, depending on if they extend guys in the meantime, would come off. I know that for the year following. I know. I just, I just want the people who are listening to know that what you're suggesting is remarkably unlikely. The idea. That I don't think that it is unlikely. No it, money. That this team get, signed one free agent in the past two seasons. They so didn't have any money to spend based on their budget that they'd put out before. They have, based on that same budget, at least $55 million to spend. They've never, ever in their history just not spent that money. In a non-pandemic world, I would agree with you at $55 million. So because it's less, I think they could get creative. And and I just think that I think they could work around it. If the if if the economics are tight because of the pandemic and and people are doing things differently, they're doing things differently. But that that that's not like based on what you were just saying of well they had all this money to spend, but that was because they were contenders, and now that they're not contenders, they're not going to spend that money, or that they're going to try to convince people that because they've extended Trevor story that they've spent money. First of all, people are smarter than that. They can see through that. That's not how it works. That wouldn't increase the budget for next season. They've got budget to increase for next season and they've got spots on their roster that they need to fill. Like I, I, I agree. Just, the, the, the chances that it's not far fetched. You really think that's far fetched? I do. That, that idea. I do. Okay. I, I think, I, I don't think the Colorado Rockies are very likely to go out and make, no moves beyond re-signing their own guys, maybe one or two mid-level veteran guys and calling it good and coming back next year with a lower payroll than they had this year. So I, what would I, be a number? I, I what would be a number that you would consider quote unquote they spent no money? Because right, I agree they're gonna spend at least 15 million. But if they spend 25 or less, will you consider that as like ah, they really didn't spend I would that. still uh, yeah, I, I mean that would be on the low end, I would say. I expect so, them to spend more than that. So you think they'll spend at least $25 million? And an increase of next year's budget, yeah. Yeah. Again, they just always have. They've never they've never spent it well, but they've never had right. money to spend. And gone into an offseason and been like, ah, oh, we're going to save it for a rainy day. Sometimes maybe they probably should. Sometimes maybe they should leave it so that they could make a, a deadline deal, so that they could acquire a, a contract at the deadline, which is something they're almost never in a position to do. Think about when you, you talk about the, the offseason of the Super Bowl pen. One of the trade deadline deals that they were semi-interested in that year that they couldn't get done because they had all these bullpen guys under contract, if you'll recall, was J.D. Martinez, who ended up going to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And if they didn't have, say, Brian Shaw, uh, it's entirely possible that they could have maybe made a move like that. But no, again, it's just like I, I think if we're going to 
um, rightfully criticized the Rockies for doing a lot of the same things over and over and over again, which they do. And, and we have criticized them as such. Um, then we've also got to give them credit for the ways in which they've been consistent. And one of the ways in which they've been consistent is spending all of their money in an off season when they've got money. To spend. Yeah. And, just, and, and I, for one, have was not criticizing them. I was simply purporting this idea to Henry's question that I, they could do you're next right, they, to nothing. I think they're, I think the payroll, you know, the last two years were obviously at, at an all-time high, 178 million after in 2019. This year, 182 million dollars before, obviously the the, the prorated pay. But I think it's going to probably come down to around 160. To be honest, um, that still means they spend that 20 to 25 million, maybe maybe a little bit less. But uh, it just wouldn't shock me. It just wouldn't shock me if that was the case. Yeah, and I guess, and we really don't know what the what the right like, exactly pandemic, especially with the pandemic. And, and you would understand it too. It's oh, still totally. frustrating, but you would understand it. Like, hey, man, you you don't want to everything that Dick Monfort has built up in this organization and in this town and everything he's created with Coors Field and Lodo blowing up. Like, he deserves credit for that. And he's still investing money in this team and and wants to, but he needs to be financially prudent to make sure that you know. He doesn't go bankrupt. Uh, I don't know what his money situation is like, but again, you make a wrong move, it could be disastrous for years, decades to come. And and again, that's if you can win a World Series and throw all that and say, "Who cares? We'll figure it out later," or you say, "You know what? Maybe now's not the time to go all in." But if you yeah. go all in, you do have a decent shot at at doing something next year. Just the thing is like you, you, you've, so I hope there's somebody in there making the point that you've made so well on this podcast, because it's like, that would be such short-sighted thinking. And I, and I think here's what, here's what I really believe. What would be short-sighted to go all in and like just sign everybody or sign for for him to sign nobody to believe that he's got to tighten his belt now during tight times because times are tight and you don't know what the future's going to. And like you said, totally justifiable, totally understandable. And most teams are probably going to be doing that. You'll only be able to criticize them so much, but you're right. Now you is a unique time to get investments that you're not going to be able to find at other time. There's because other teams are doing that. You're going to be able to get players, particularly the Colorado has never been able to go out and get before the Coors field tax may be less. If there are some teams who just aren't signing anybody, um, you know, these guys want to play. And so I'm, I'm with you. And and I do think that the frustrating thing will be it, it'll be a middle ground. It won't be the all-in type of thing that you and I, if we were in charge of the money, whatever the budget was, that we would just go out and get as many dudes as possible to bring in and try to run with this thing because you're gonna find some good deals out there. You're there are going to be great deals to be had this offseason. And there are enough of them that could be a supporting cast that gets the core of Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, Armen Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Sensatella, et cetera, into the postseason, into where they should be. But um, I think that that they'll probably go a, a sort of middle ground in between those two things. Do I, I think they'll spend the money. I just don't think that they'll spread it out quite as much as I would. They'll pour it into a couple of guys and then, once again, our, our hopes will be riding on three 
players and and two of them will probably be people that fans like oh really <laughs> you yeah. know and, and i i think that's the most likely outcome but we we got to find out yeah precisely right i mean we we've got a long off season to to deal with and there's more free agents too than in years past maybe not more exciting but there are more free agents um because as you know we've seen the last couple of years there were those conversations of there was collusion and guys getting all these short-term deals. So signing one and two year deals means they're going to be back on the free agent market once again. And we're even right. seeing players that uh, are under team control for a year or two becoming free agents because their arbitration number is just a little bit too high. That's, that was the, the deal with Chad Bettis and, and Tyler Anderson. So there's a lot of guys that you could speculate on and, and get some bargains. And, you know, the, the Rockies also got Elias Diaz. I mean, yeah. They signed him as a free agent, um, didn't spend any money on him, but that seemed to work out okay. And, and you can do that, again, because there are those guys. That kind of goes back to why I could see that. I could see it happening where you can still improve the roster but not spend that money. So I I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. We got a month. We probably hey. we have a month until the World Series ends before that first contract is signed. Right. But, man, it's going to be fun speculating. Do a bunch of that. Could be worse things to do too, like like you said, you get flexibility. But I, I, I want to speculate on some of the the going big possibilities as well. Let's let's finish this off, man. This was what this ended up being a long. It's actually a great question though to start off our kind of off season talks. Thank you, Henry. for uh, for throwing that one out there. The third priority, if we wanted to get a little more specific, um, if these sort of big philosophical <laughs> answers haven't really been doing it for you, I would just say the bullpen. <laughs> just let's, let's get some relievers in here. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know, I don't know what else to tell y'all. Uh, the the bullpen was an absolute disaster, and it, and it can't be that. There are problems in the rest of the team, but something I, I feel like I've said many, many times on this podcast, and in the seven or eight years that I've been doing this, like baseball is unique in that the entire game at some point will be in the hands of a person who hasn't been playing in the game that entire time and will only be out there to get three outs. And unless your starter's really good, that's going to happen three times a game. <laughs> and so, yeah, do the Rockies need more depth in their offense? Sure. Could they stand to go get another starter to solidify that bullpen? Absolutely. Could they get new coaches and do all the other stuff? Yeah, you can. But you can be the best baseball team in every other aspect. And if every time you get to the seventh inning, you've got to hand the ball to a guy with a 650 ERA, you're bad. You're a bad baseball team and you can only go so far. So I don't know what the answer is, but you got to fix the bullpen, Patrick. So, yeah, to, to answer your question, Henry, we just gave about 2,000 words on Nolan Arenado. Uh, then then the, the second thing that they could do is, is a combination of the philosophical uh, approach to, to different things, analytics being one of them, and, and what they can do in free agency. There's another 1,000 words on, on those topics. And then just bullet point, the bullpen. Fix the bullpen. Need we say more? <laughs> that's, that's how we're going out on that topic. It's bad. 
It's bad bullpen, man. Hey, you know what's not bad? Playing a little WGT golf over at dnvrgolf.com. Actually, you don't play it at dnvrgolf.com. You download it totally for free there. You get it on your phone or on your computer. You just tap, tap, tap away at that little golf ball thing. It's really enjoyable. If you want to get deep into it, it can be super competitive as well. We do enjoy having our tournaments here at DNVR. Just had a big, huge major this weekend with $200 cash prize for first place and a uh, second place cash prize of $100. Third place got a DNVR shirt, a hat, and a sticker pack. And again, that's for playing a free video game that's totally fun to just hang out and do. Plus, you get to talk trash to us and the DNVR staff or other people in the DNVR community. Join us in our clubhouses. Again, who is it there? Nick Denver? Got yeah, the he was win. the big winner. 200 bucks for playing a video game. Every kid's dream. That's all I've ever wanted. Man. That's all I've ever wanted in life. You will not see my name on the leaderboard there. Same. <laughs> <laughs> once we brought out the cash prize i feel like the real pros really like came out like <laughs> off. people were practicing and stuff i was like "Ooh, i'm gonna get crushed and it did uh but it's a whole lot of fun like i said download it totally for free at dnvrgolf.com all right patrick before we close out of here do you want to do another better two that we did or did i know our other big one that we didn't get was uh, Trevor Story leading the league in runs. That was one we were real hyped on. And for the first half of the season, he was was there. He was doing the thing. Even without Nolan Arenado uh, driving him in much. And then, as we all know, along with everything else (laughs) in the Rockies season, it all just, it all went to hell. That one didn't end up working either. It did. Scored 41 runs. I was tied for 12th. Freddie Freeman ultimately uh, led led the league, led the game with 51 runs. Tatis Jr. was was second when, with fifty, so he was he was definitely in that running for that three thousand uh, plus three thousand payout. Um, the two other Rockies ones that we had discussed uh, besides the twenty six and a half was Charlie Blackman being the hits leader. Now Charlie, man, that one again looked yeah. great. Looks great. That one looked great. <laughs> and you know what? I, the one thing that's cool that I didn't realize, and you know is is probably not a thing in the in the real world if you're going to a casino or whatnot but the cool thing with uh the DraftKings sportsbook app is depending on what kind of a of a bet you've made and 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 how far along it is they can sometimes want to hedge their bet and go dude you made a really good bet look we'll give you this much money so that we don't have to pay you that much money and it's it's kind of a win-win and if that was the case with trevor story at one point you'd have felt good if that was the case when charlie blackman's batting 500 you could have yeah. out big. You 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 walked away with some money and you go, I could have had more if I waited, but doesn't matter. You won. That's yeah. that's how I look at stuff like that. I'm not right. okay. I'm okay with not playing the lottery if I can have something else a little lower down that's more guaranteed. So you could have had, you know, a nice little payout. Um, Trey Turner had the most hits, uh, 78. And incidentally, if Blackman um, would have gotten 79 hits. He only would have been hitting 357. That's it. Yeah. So he really took a tumble there. So even to say like, oh, what would a difference have mattered? It it really wasn't, you know, too many points or and very, you know, not very far to to what it was before that. The other one we uh, kept an eye on was Herman Marquez as a potential strikeout leader. That was plus ten thousand. 
um, you know, which, which was a lot. And, uh, you know, he, he ended up, I think finishing in somewhere, maybe like in the top 15 or whatever. Um, uh, and, and he had those moments, he had those flashes, but some of the ones, uh, that I felt good about that I ended up winning was, uh, there were, I like the head to heads, like you had two teams. So one was Minnesota and Atlanta and, I thought Minnesota would have more wins than Atlanta, and it was very close, thirty-six to thirty-five. Mm. So I ended up I ended up winning that at, at uh, minus one thirty-six. Cleveland over Boston, I, I thought was the easiest one, and it yeah. was thirty-five <laughs> to twenty-four. I I, I didn't like I didn't like Boston, and it doesn't matter that Boston only had twenty-four. I just didn't think they were that good, yeah. you know, to begin with, just in general. And once they sold off all it their pieces, that. yeah, <laughs> it, it it made it all the more easier. Yeah. And then I was wrong about Milwaukee. I thought Milwaukee would have more wins than Cincinnati. They only had 29. Cincinnati did have yeah, 31. Milwaukee. We, we, we gotta, um, we've got time in the next couple of days. I've wondered uh, a little bit what's gone on with Milwaukee over there because like, it's, a, it's a talented team. We saw them in the NLDS just a couple of years ago. They uh, you know, continued to build and, and be good and be one of those teams right in the mix for these last several years. Solid core. Um Great bullpen, and that's one of the reasons why you know they've they've managed to hang around. So yeah, I'm gonna have to dig into that a little bit. Yeah, for uh, American League Cy Young Award, uh, I had as as a long shot that I again I just like the numbers. Uh, plus ten thousand was Dallas Keuchel. Uh, he went six and two with a one nine nine ERA and a one point eight F WAR. Hey. I, I I don't think he's gonna win it, but man, no, but- that's about as close as you could come. I, I think his teammate. Uh, Lucas Giolito might get maybe more not. He did throw that no hitter, which was another one I got wrong. I said there was not going to be any no hitters. I said there. I, I just I just didn't like what was going to happen. There were two, both in Chicago, or both by Chicago players. So I did I did have that one wrong, but that one was that one was fairly close. I think with with Keuchel. I know he'll he he might get some votes. And then there uh, the final ones were were these real fun over unders on home runs. Yeah. So. Uh, I took a loss on Cody Bellinger. I said it was a lock that he would get over 14 and a half. He had 12. Yeah, he started slow, man. Those first two weeks or three weeks, uh, that killed you there with Cody Bellinger one. Mike Trout over under 15 and a half. Now, he did miss some time for the birth of his first child. I said it was going to be a lock that he took the over, and he did. He did hit 17, so that was a win. Yeah. Bryce Harper, 14 and a half home runs. Took the loss on that. He only hit 13. Oh, and then, and then right. finally, Juan Soto, which I felt really good about. 13 and a half home runs. I took the under because there was no Anthony Rendon. I just thought that lineup was really weak. He still squeaked out 13. So I, I did did get a win. But he, man, that kid, just, that I kid mean, is both A, a kid, and B, really freaking good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he can hit, and he can field. He's a great ball player. I love Juan Soto. Yeah. We did have three pitchers. We did have three pitchers that went over 100 strikeouts. That was the other big one. I was going right? to say on the home runs, did you have someone to do over 20? I couldn't remember if you did that one either. I said I no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we. I think both. Of, I like. I thought there was a chance, but I I wasn't ready to put my money there. And a couple of people did right. Well, Tatis Jr. came was he was the one that was getting closest. The guys that they had, I I think. I think there might have been. I don't know if there were. I just have five written down. 
Um, I don't know that they had many more than that. So they just wanted the the, the big players. That was uh, oh. that was Pete Alonso, Cody Bellinger, Joey Gallo, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, and Mike Trout. So Trout hit 17, Alonso 16, uh, Betts hit 16, Bellinger 12, Gallo only hit 10, but only one man hit 20. Luke Voigt, 22 right. home runs. The man, the myth, the legend, Luke Voigt. So, yeah, so if you bet, and I don't know if the, if you were able to bet no, like say no, this guy can't hit twenty. But if you bet no on on all of those big name guys, you ended up winning. And uh, and three guys did have a hundred strikeouts. You have Trevor Bauer, a hundred on the button. You know he was gunning for that. Yeah, the, the Degrominator, one hundred four, and everyone's favorite uh, pop superstar Shane Bieber with a whopping one hundred twenty two strikeouts. Jeez. He's going wow. game one against Garrett Cole, who had 94, so he just missed right. out. It's That's going to be a good one tomorrow. Be good stuff. All right, well, we're going to check in on some of that. We're going to be watching baseball here over the next couple of days, talking baseball with all of you. I saw that there were questions here from Wildly Innocent and Will about the budget and the, the TV uh, situation, and honestly, we need to get – all of that information first. We need to gather all of that news. It needs to be made public. We need to get some information about it. We don't have the details on those things. Hopefully in the coming days, we will get them and we will pass them along to all of you. In the meantime, all we can do is speculate, which is also fun. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, let's just all hang out, watch some baseball, have fun. Follow us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to give a subscribe to the dnvr.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. Uh, plus, you get discounts on hats, shirts, masks. You get a bigger beer when you come on down to the DNVR bar. And you just get to say you're a part of one of the coolest sports communities in the world. We know that you will all continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.